Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I'm your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The purpose of this podcast is to expose you to great people who are helping cats daily, and hopefully you may learn a little bit more about what you might do in your community. Today, I'm thrilled to be speaking with Jen Bennett of Positive Pantry in Warren, Vermont. Welcome to the show, Jen. Hey, Stacey. Thanks for having me. Give us a little bit of an introduction into Positive Pantry and your background, how you got involved in Positive Pantry. Well, I moved to Vermont about eight-ish years ago. Um, I'd been living in Boston and gotten involved with a few of the animal organizations there. I was doing a pet therapy program at Children's Hospital in Mass General and really enjoying it. And when I moved up here, um, I was having a hard time sort of finding the right fit and organization to get involved with. And I happened to be reading an article about a pet food bank in Portland, Oregon, and just a light bulb went off and thought it might be a really great thing for Vermont. I ended up meeting with a bunch of the vets in the area and the humane societies, and everybody thought it would be a great idea. So in 2009, we got ourselves official. We got our 501c3 and started delivering pet food to food shelves around initially just Washington County and Vermont, and now we're in the process of expanding. So you basically um, sort of scanned the area to discover that there was a, a need with the pet food pantry to determine yeah. that there really so weren't services. A lot of the families that were going to the food shelves have pets and were struggling to feed them and feeding their pets their own food. And everybody really thought it would be great if we, at the food shelves, we could also supply pet food for the families to take for their pets. Do you have an estimate of, you know, how many cats and dogs you help on an annual basis or a monthly basis? Do you have any of those figures? Um, yeah, it varies by the month, but anywhere from about, I'd say about 350 to 500 dogs and cats a month we're supplying food for. When you got started or over the last several years, have you had any sort of high points or low points? Sure. We've had a bunch of both. <laughs> um, I'd say one of the, a few of the high points, I'll start with the good, were initially, and this is a great foundation that many animal people should know about. I was just out at a restaurant with a friend telling her about this idea and wanting to get it going. And a woman at the table next to us came over and she said, I'm so sorry I was eavesdropping, but there's this great foundation in Tucson, Arizona that actually funds animal organizations to get their 501c3. It's a law office and they took care of all the paperwork for us. So it's called the Ralph and Virginia Mullen Foundation. And again, they're in Tucson, Arizona, and they were wonderful. So that was a big obstacle for me. I'm not great at paperwork. So getting the 501c3 through them was, was a really nice boost for us. Another really great thing that happened was about a year and a half ago, we sort of formed a formal relationship with the Vermont Food Bank, who has taken over and streamlined a lot of our process in terms of ordering and storage and distribution. And that's really, <clears throat> excuse me, amazing for us in terms of expanding the program throughout the state. And low points, let's see. <laughs> I think, um, you know, the first probably five 
six years sort of finding a home for us to do our storage and distribution. Onion River Animal Hospital was amazing and gave us space for a while. And then we definitely had a couple of years where we were jumping around and that was a struggle. But the Vermont Food Bank came to our rescue. Everything since then has been great. So if there was somebody out there who was thinking about, hey, you know, maybe this is something that I could do, how would you recommend they they get started? The model of it, you can start super small. You can start with one town and one food shelf and, you know, do a little fundraising just amongst your family and friends. And we started out just buying really 40-pound bags of food, and then you repackage it into one-gallon Ziploc bags just so that it can go to more families. I'd say just jump in with one town and see how it goes. <laughs> can expand from there. Sounds great. Then, so when you, I just ask a specific question. So when you put the food into those one gallon Ziploc bags, you'd like identify it as dog food versus cat food. Do you like mark, marker them that way? Yep, dog food, cat food. We, we put the date that it was packaged. I mean, it'd be great if you can put what the kind of pet food is and what the ingredients are. But if you scale it, sometimes that gets harder because you get donations that are all different kinds. So it gets a little more complicated. But when you're starting small, that's pretty easy thing to do. How does your organization get donations? Um, At this point, we get financial donations and we purchase the food at cost that we distribute. When we first started, we we did buy a whole bunch of the food, but we'd also go like one of the local Costco or Walmarts, excuse me, would put aside their ripped bags and damaged products. And we'd go once every other week and pick up product from them. Some of the feed stores would give us outdated food. At the point we're at now in terms of scaling it, we really needed to have just one uniform product that we're giving out. Um, So we're no longer doing it that way. Do you know of any other organizations that have partnered with food banks to do sort of what you're doing? Um, I don't, but I'm sure there are. (laughs) There should be. I, I don't know anybody specifically that's doing this. I think it's a it's a fantastic model. It's very efficient. And one thing to think about when you want to start something is always focusing on keeping it as simple as possible so that then it is something that you can scale to be able to help more cats and dogs. Um, At one point in time, you had even uh, mentioned a ratio of the percentage of cats and dogs that are helped. Do you happen to remember what those percentages were? Well, it's a lot more cats than dogs. (laughs) We basically purchase about the same amount of pounds per month of cat food to dog food. So, and obviously cats eat a lot less food than dogs do. So right now we're distributing anywhere from like two to 4,000 pounds of food a month. If you figure half of that one to 2,000 pounds a month of cat food, it's a lot of cats. (laughs) What sort of feedback have you gotten from the food shelves that have received food from you? They're thrilled. We've, We've really been trying to consistently deliver food so families can count on it being there. Um, I think it's been a huge hit. And now let's take a moment to listen to a few words from our sponsors. The Community Cats Podcast is generously sponsored by the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society, one of the nation's pioneers in successful TNR programs. In 1992, in response to a persistent feral and homeless cat population along the Merrimack River in Newburyport, MRFRS began a concerted effort to trap, sterilize, and return a colony of over 300 cats, setting up and maintaining feral feeding stations. That colony was successfully reduced to zero cats by 2008. 
Today, MRFRS's activities include two mobile, low-cost spay-neuter vans known as the Catmobile, an adoption program with a focus on special needs and hard-to-place cats, veterinary assistance programs for low-income individuals as well as unowned cats, and mentoring for local animal welfare organizations seeking to improve their TNR effectiveness. For more information, visit www.mrfrs.org. One other uh, tool that you use is uh, Salesforce. And you said that Salesforce has a program for nonprofits? They do. And for people who don't know what Salesforce is, it's basically like a data client donation managing software program online. Um, So wherever you are, you can just jump on a computer and get your whole database and look at all your funders and all the rest. And yeah, they have a whole, I mean, people pay tons of money for this. And if you're a 501c3, they have a program that they'll give you the the program for free. So it's, it's really made my life much easier. And as I said earlier, I'm not great with the whole paperwork side of things. So it's, it's just great. I come like, come back instantly, put your receipts in, instantly put a donation in and it's all in one place and really accessible. So it's really done a lot for us in terms of accounting and all of the rest. It's made things much easier. So if you had a nonprofit you were just starting out, you'd recommend that they start out with a Salesforce? Yeah. Oh, for thing. sure. I mean, I had so many different random Excel sheets and Word files, and it was all so confusing. And now it's super simple and all in one place and very accessible for me and anybody else that's on our board that needs to access something. And then I know another tool that you use is uh, Bidding Owl. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. We, we do a summer event and have an auction. Um, And there are a whole bunch of different online auction sites. This one works for us because the fees are pretty low on it. And it's great. We put up everything about two weeks before our event sort of works as a preview for people to see what's going to be there. And we have a bunch of people bid who can't come to the event. It's been nice. We've done that for two years now and we'll probably do it again this summer. As you know, I'm a big fan of online auctions. Find that if they're run well, you can really leverage an event uh, substantially by having that online component ahead of time. Even if it is a small auction, it's still worth it to put it up. But I know that there are other, uh, there's also bidding for good, which has much higher fees involved. And so something like bidding L might be better. Yeah, it just depends. Bidding for good gives you a lot more exposure, I think. So you get a lot of people who don't know your organization bidding on items, which is great. And I think as we grow, that might be something we consider. But for a small nonprofit, I think Bidding Owl is just what the doctor ordered for us. Um, just going back to uh, the the food bank concept and, and covering Vermont, but how much of the state of Vermont do you think that the positive pantry food is covering? Oh, not nearly enough. I mean, we're a pretty mini organization. We're, what's so great about this connection we have with the food bank is now that we're in a position to go statewide. Before, we, we just couldn't have done it. We, did, we probably had 20 to 25 volunteers helping out every two weeks to pack the food and deliver the food and pick up the food from the feed store and all the rest. And it just, that wasn't scalable. So now that we are, I'd say maybe we're doing like an eighth of the state tops at this point. So we definitely have to increase our fundraising, but I'm thrilled that we're in a position to, to pick up and move on. 
if you if you mind might share like some numbers in terms of fundraising goals currently you need x dollars to sort of cover you yeah know, one eighth so of the we're, state. as i keep saying we're pretty small so we're generally around a 20 20,000 dollars budget you know my my goal for our event this summer is to double that we'll see <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what we're doing, it's not rocket science. It's really straightforward, which is the beauty of it. So the more money we raise, the bigger part of the state we can supply food to. You know, one of my goals is to make it self-sustaining because I'd hate to do all this work and get all these families used to getting the pet food and then have something happen and not have it continue. So I'm uh, I'm wary of scaling too big, too fast, because I think what we have now works really well and people depend on it. So I want to keep that going. I am really looking forward to figuring out how to take it statewide. Me doing my little rough math here takes 20,000 times it by eight, and that gets me at $160,000, which for some foundations who support animal welfare initiatives, that's that's not a large budget for an organization, but it would be a huge impact for Vermont to be able to say that every pet in need within a family can get food assistance if they want to. So that would be a very exciting goal to to reach and, uh, and attain. One of the things about Positive Pantry is that there are no salaries. Like myself and everybody else that does all the work for us, it's all volunteer. So it, it's really a good bang for your buck in terms of making a donation it's 100% of every dollar goes right towards getting the pet food if uh, if there are folks that are interested in um, giving a donation to Positive Pantry or getting in touch with you about possible leads or donating food or food distributor, how would they find you? Um, so two different ways. I can go to our website, which is kind of a mouthful, but www.positivepantry.org. And that's spelled like a dog paw or I, on this show, I should say cat paw, <laughs> P-A-W-S-I-T-I-V-E pantry.org or you can also just email me directly which is jen j-e-n at positivepantry.org so I'm actually I'm sitting here looking at this picture of uh, of your dog. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your dog? <laughs> My sidekick Rumble. He'll he's a nine year old golden doodle. Um, I have some family members with allergies, so that's why I got a golden doodle this time around. But he's been a great model for all of our publicity, all of our events. He somehow we did a tennis tournament, and he turned into a tennis player for the invite, and then for this year's event. He's going to be one of the drummers with the band. So (laughs) he's very cooperative with everything I make him do. (laughs) So do you want to fill us in a little bit more details on the uh, fundraising event that'll be in August? Sure. If anybody listening lives in Vermont and wants to come, it'd be great. It'll be Friday, August 12th. The detonators will be playing and it's going to be at Sugarbush's Mount Ellen Lodge. And uh, we'll have a fun auction and a few other things going on. So I'll have more info on our website in the next week. But yeah, Friday, August 12th. Is there anything else that you'd like to uh, to share with our listeners today? You know, any sage advice you might have for somebody who might be interested in helping to, to set up a, a pet food bank in their community? Yeah, um, I'd say just give it a try. You know, start small. Just like I said earlier, just start with one food shelf, grab a few friends and family and go to your local pet food store. Many of them will let you buy the food at cost if you can't get it donated from somewhere. 
there. And if you have any questions, just feel free to reach out to me. Sounds great. Sounds great. My, I would love to see pet food pantries be all across the country, um, you know, dealing with uh, spaying and neutering, uh, free roaming cats. It's so important to have a presence in the community. And I think through the food shelves is a great idea um, because there's just so many layers of assistance that people yeah, need. Yeah, another piece of the puzzle for sure. Yeah, definitely. So I, th- I think it's really a great idea. And I hope that the other pet food banks all around the nation can take the lead from the Vermont Food Bank. Um, and if there are any listeners that work at other food banks in other states, you know, if they want to find out more about the relationship, how you set up this situation with the Vermont Food Bank, I think it's a fantastic model and one that could ideally be replicated all across the country. Exactly. Yeah. And we definitely had a little learning curve with the food bank but on both ends. So I'd be happy to share that info with anybody who um, wants to pursue it. Sounds great. Jen, I want to thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Oh, Thank you, Stacey. And um, we will be catching you on August 12th with the Detonators and having a huge fundraising event to benefit Positive Pantry and all the cats and dogs that need food all throughout Vermont. So thanks so much, and we'll talk to you another time. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats Podcast. I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. If you email me a screenshot of your review with your name and address and your t-shirt size, I will send you a Community Cats t-shirt. The reviews really help. Thanks, everybody. Wow.